You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Would you stand for a reading of God's Word from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Imagine your own graduation. It could be a graduation from anything. The speaker comes to the front. He's decrepit, disjointed, scars, has a speech impediment. And so whenever he begins to speak, people are not really listening. They're not hearing what he has to say. They're busy making jokes, cracking jokes. I I guess they can't get past the orange jumpsuit that he's standing there before everyone in. Maybe they see his, his terrible posture, his weak eyes, and they just dismiss him because they're just, they've got the cameras up, they're shooting videos, they're ribbing one another, tweeting out a picture, sending out a meme, and making fun. But, but you, you, you kind of sit up because you can tell that there's something wise being said. There's something that, that you want to hear and you're, you're listening past the speech impediment. You're looking past that orange jumpsuit to see what's there. And then he says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. And I'm begging you to live a life worthy of the calling. And you're like, ah, okay, that, that guy. He's, he's connected to that religious guy, that, that guy that was hung up on a telephone pole with a crossbar, the one that died. That's who he's following. That's why he's so beaten up. And now you know exactly what's going to happen to anyone that follows not only that guy on the telephone pole, but also this guy standing before you. But yet you're still listening and you're still paying attention. You've kind of sat up in your seat and you're paying attention, but you've got these English nerds behind you and they're snickering and saying, worthy of the calling to which you were called? I mean, pick another word, buddy. That's circular. Choose a new one. And they're laughing. But, but you're looking ears perked. Try not to look too intent, right? Because if you do that, everyone's going to make fun of you that you're too intent but you're listening closely to what he has to say. You've set down your phone and you're cued in on what he has to offer you. And you know, in a setting like this, I don't know if you've been in situations where you've thought about your calling, but you hear him say, worthy of the calling to which you're called, and you just kind of lean back again and say, calling? I don't know what my calling is. I don't have the first notion of what my calling is. Yeah, there's some jobs that I'd like to have or do. Might have to prepare myself for that. Maybe there's some school or training that I have to 
to go through for that. Maybe there's some things that I might want to buy. So you're thinking about those things, but that's not my calling. You know, what is it that I'm being called to? I think I'm being called to freedom. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready for the freedom of being my own person, to set my own rules, make my own agenda, take care of my own housing, take care of my own finances, take care... Wait a second. Maybe I would rather not have freedom. I'd like some dependence. Uh, I like where my parents are at. I, I like uh, the, the living that they have. Maybe I'll hang on as long as I can and stay close to them for a while and see how things work. Or maybe you're one, you're just focused on flexibility. Maybe we can get a part of this new four-day work week, maybe some more flexible hours, better pay, some greater benefits, where you have a different kind of life than maybe others around you. And then they just keep going into all this discussion about change. Aren't you tired of people telling you as a high school student about change? Haven't you endured enough change? Learning environment upset toppled over for the last two years haven't you learned something about adaptability i think that you have you've learned what it's like to deal with a lot of change and who is this guy in the orange jumpsuit with the speech impediment that has the gall to stand up there and say are you worthy of your calling this washed up locked up guy stands up to give you a message where is this calling anyway so you pick up the leaflet of what I just read. It's in the graduation program, Ephesians 4. And you start looking around. What is this calling that he's talking about? I don't see it. And you look in the verses ahead of it and the verses after it, and you wonder, internally screaming, somebody just tell me what my calling is. With Paul, he does. He tells us. He tells us, even in chapter 1, what that calling is, and he spends the whole book talking about it. And I'll tell you, I'll, here's what it is. He chose you. Every last one of you, he chose you. He loved you. He adopted you. He wants to, as Paul said, lavish his rich mercies on you. The calling that he's calling you to is a significant one. And here, it is time, whatever transition that you're in, Maybe you're not graduating and you never have graduated. Maybe you're looking forward to retirement or you're in one of those crossroads of life that it just seems like we're always driving through. We're always having to make a, a decision of which way the map's going to tell us to go and wouldn't it be nice if it told us directly. Welcome to the club because that's where we're at. And in this calling, I want to spend a bit of time talking about what that actually means. And I want to stand up with this guy in the orange jumpsuit. I've got no business standing with him, but that's what I'm going to do. When we talk about calling, there's usually one thing that we think about. But I want to today, to really quickly give you three things, kind of a more expansive view of calling, and then give you a fourth one that may sum it all up. Okay? Whenever we talk about calling, most often that's, well, what do you do? What are you called to do? do in this life? What's your service that you're offering to the world, to your community? What, what mission are you attached to? Or this is when dad or some other concerned person says, you know, how are you going to get a job? This is about employment, right? How are you going to pay the bills? And, and that's an important part of it. How, what, what, you know, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to earn this living. And it's indispensable, but it's only one part. 
A second part of this maybe takes it a little bit further. And, and maybe you might know a little bit more about your calling than you thought. Because this second one is who I am. Who I am as a person. Most of this, a lot of this, is kind of given to us as a gift. We don't get to choose much of anything about who we are. It's kind of handed to us, and the relationships that we have, the family that's around us, or not, all of these things kind of shape us in that context that we're placed in. It's our identity, who I am. And that's another part of calling. Not just what you do, but who you are. And the third one is how I live. What I choose to do with the life that I've been given. This is our walk, and, right? That's what we've been talking about, how to walk our life, how to make sense of this life and to live it in response to all of these things that we've been given or these things that we lack. And I like how these three things kind of help us move past just thinking about what you do and helping it to include that, but move on to who I am as a person and how I choose to live my life. But today I'm standing with this orange jumpsuit guy, this Paul fellow, this beaten up, bent over guy with a speech impediment and maybe, maybe even some bad vision. And again, I have no business standing with him, but he gives us a fourth one that I think is an answer D. It's all of the above, right? We know that sometimes that's the great answer, right? Yes, D, all of the above. And that fourth answer, that D, is discipleship. It is about following Jesus as your Lord, letting his identity be yours, because God wants you. He wants you. He wants everyone else too, but he wants you in particular. In fact, I've got an assignment for you that's a little bit extra. Sometimes people like a bit more on a sermon, something that they can do later. And here's an assignment for you. This verse 1, worthy of the calling to which you're called, what I invite you to do is to go back this week and read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. And look for calling. Not, not just the word calling. You'll find it several times. But find whenever it's being described what this calling is, what this life is that we're being drawn into. Some of the places you can look is chapter 1 in his prayer where he talks about us being chosen and loved and adopted and destined for life in him. You might even look in verse 10 of chapter 1 or verse 18 where it talks about God's project of gathering up you and all people and all things together in Christ that that is what God is, happening, is causing to happen. Or you might find in chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, where God takes resurrection power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, and he puts it inside of you. He wants to give you that power to live your life for all time. That is an amazing gift given to us as we look at this primary calling of following Jesus. Now, you might lean back and say, okay, Brady, this sounds like church talk. Of course, this is what a preacher is going to speak and talk about. Yes, folks, I'm telling you, this is the best tool that I could possibly give you to prompt you to have your ears open to this calling of what God is calling you to be in this life. Whenever we look at this life, as people of God, we're people that we hear this voice of God by seeking him in Scripture. 
by going before him in prayer, by being with other people who are also following God. Here at First Christian, you know what our mission statement is, right? What is our mission statement? Follow Jesus. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's not easy. But it's who we are. That we are spending our life with Jesus as our friend. Whenever we get to a moment in our life where we don't know what to do, we do what Jesus would do if he were me. If he had my hands, my body, my abilities, what would Jesus do in this moment? We're people that whenever we get to a point, maybe we're on the phone, maybe we're talking to someone, and we don't know what we're going to say, what we as followers of Jesus say is we say what Jesus would say if he was the one listening to that person. We are people. Whenever we get to a crossroad transition in life, like we stand at today, like you are in your jobs and in your relationships, we go. We go somewhere that's new because we're going with Jesus. We're not going alone. We are walking with him. And if you need it to be even more practical, if you really want to live more of an alternative life, you want to chase the edge a little bit more, Verse 2 of chapter 4 in Ephesians is your alternative edge. Did you see it? If you want to be different and stand out from this world, look at what it says. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. You want to be different? Try this. Be humble and gentle and patient. That is astounding. This kind of life of bearing with other people in love is not what we see for most of anybody. In fact, Roman, Roman ears that would hear this, they don't see humility as a virtue. Are you kidding me? Being gentle? No way. If anything, they would say it is not a virtue. And today, with our bombastic leaders that we have, do you think humility and patience and gentleness, and bearing with other people in love, do you think that's the leadership that we're called to? A lot of times, not at all. It's not in the books. So if you want this alternative edge, there's your way to live. I personally believe that if society is going to survive, it's going to survive because Christians are living out, verse 2, that are living this life of humility and gentleness, of patience, of bearing with other people in love. If our world is not going to destroy itself, it's because Christians are going to act with these kind of virtues. Now, I know we sometimes give Christians a hard time. I do too. But we are not one another's enemies. Whenever we point out our weaknesses as Christians, it's not to tear them down and belittle them. It's to learn about our own weaknesses, to learn from someone else's mistake. And so when we look at this, and we say, well, why even bother with this calling? Well, the reason that we bother is because we've been given this. One Spirit, one Lord, one God. We have been given this life together in order to bear with one another because we serve one God. Whenever he talks about unity, I kind of think, well, that seems like a gear shift, Paul. You've headed off and no one's paying attention to you in your, in your speech anymore, Paul. Unity, what does that have to do with anything? Folks, unity is something that God gives to us. It's not something that we create. It's given to us where we're able to be 
connected to one another as human beings. Our job is to maintain it. Our job is to confess that that unity is there. That's what we're about. Because we serve one God who's above all and through all and in all. This is the God that we serve. While we may not know what we want to do, or maybe we clearly know what we want to do and who we are and what we're about, this fourth one, this vocation of being a disciple is something that's with you for your entire life. Now, I can stand up here and give you all kinds of generic advice. As a dad, you know, I kind of wear Lizzie out giving generic advice. I, I can give you all kinds of stuff. I think you ought to take a philosophy course if you haven't had a chance so that you can think about how you think. I, I think that Everyone, if they get a chance, should take some kind of a college-level Bible course or church history course to really have to get a grade rather than just a pat on the back in Bible class for an answer that you're giving you. I, I think that's a pretty good path. I think a liberal arts education is good because you can compare with a lot of different disciplines and really experiment with what's out there. I think you ought to find a job that you love. You ought to do something that you thoroughly enjoy and then find someone that'll pay you to do it, right? I, I stand up here all day long and give you all of my advice. Like, don't just choose a class. Pick a professor. Pick a professor who knows their subject and loves their subject and wants to teach their subject and has done what it is they're teaching. Don't just get one of those staff teachers. Get one that loves it. Well, that's all generic advice. I want to give spiritual advice. I want in these final minutes to give you something that's more than just that generic advice that I hope you'll listen to what everyone around you is saying, at whatever life stage that you're at, to learn from them. But, but this is something that I can guarantee you. I guarantee you that this will happen. At some point in your life, something is going to happen. Something big. You're going to make a huge mistake. You're going to face a terrible death. You're going to hear a diagnosis that you don't want to hear. You're going to be fired from your job. Something in your life is going to happen. And in those moments, I want you to remember that being a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus is what's most important. It will get you through. In life, we don't ever graduate from church. Yeah, I've done that. Walk away. We don't graduate from the community of faith of people that are fellow strugglers who've given their lives to Jesus as well, who we need to lean on at times whenever we're going through difficult times. We don't graduate from that. We don't walk away. It's a good time to be able to ask other wise followers what they do. Because if you want to know what the purpose of this something that will happen to you, and tuck it away, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The purpose of this something that happens to you is to bring you closer to God. Pure and simple. And God will use everything in his power to use that something, whatever it is, to bring you closer to him. And that's why we have to make a decision about whether or not we're going to run through this life alone or run through this life with Jesus. Run through this life with other people who are seeking after Jesus. And that's why I stand up here with this guy in the orange jumpsuit. You know, the beaten up guy. 
The guy with the scars and the speech impediment and being near blind because he was beaten to death so many times because he followed Jesus. Do you know why I want to stand with him? Because he stands up in front of us as this graduation speaker and he says, I used to do this to people. This is what I used to do. People that didn't follow God the way I followed God, I did this to them. His scars, his wounds were transformed whenever he met the person that he persecuted. He met the Son of God. He met Jesus. And so he has a level of credibility that transcends any credibility that I will ever have. Those trials and those difficulties, oh, they're so valuable. And sometimes you might feel like, I am trying so hard. I'm doing what I can, and it's not working. It's at that point that I want you to stop trying. Because it's time to start training. We do all this trying, and we're really just content with the way things are. Where are the slugs? The slugs on that same slime path, you remember? All we can do is follow that slime path to get back and forth because we know, all right, it's this way and not that way. We have no other capacity. So if we're living our life and we're stuck in the same things over and over again, it just means that that's what we want. We're the same size, we're the same muscle mass, we're the same brain power, we're doing that same job, we're in the same stuck relationships because that's the way we want it. Until we get dissatisfied with that slime trail and rise above the level of a slug and say, I'm going to live differently, we'll be stuck. And we can't just say, ah, it's just the way I am. Ah, it's just my personality. Let me be mean today and say, no, it's your choice. It is the way that you're choosing to live. And you can't claim you're dissatisfied if you're not willing to get off of that loop. You can move. You can move with Jesus. Living this life no longer alone, but following Jesus. Not seeing yourself as beyond help. Not seeing yourself as one that can do this thing on your own where you need community, and you need the community of church, people that are your advocates that support you, to stand with you, and to help carry you when you can't carry yourself. I'm calling all of us, whether you believe God or hate God, whether you love God or think he doesn't exist, I'm calling you to seek God, to surrender your life to God, to trust God's way. Give it a shot. Because God will inject you with the power of his spirit. He will live with you. He will walk this life by the power of his son and show you how to live your life. Not some other holy, special life that somebody else's. No, your life with what you've done and what you have experienced. And take your life to the next level. I like standing with Paul in the orange jumpsuit because he has the scars to prove it. But even more, I like standing with Jesus because he has the scars to prove it. Let's pray. God, we need you. We may not know it, we may fight it, but we need you desperately. So Father, we pray that you will come with us, draw us deeper into community, help us to take the risk risk of walking with you. 
risk of living our life not alone, but together with others who want our best. Father, we thank you on this day where we honor the work of so many, of what they've done. On this day, we together walk with them to whatever's next for us, and we do so with you. We pray this who live with, through Jesus, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.